you see what I shared with you guys on our post feed about fucking Oasis getting back together the week that we recorded an episode about them never getting back together again? Maddie Healy <laughs> cured family drama. Yeah, that pissed me off. And it was Liam. It was the younger one who was like, oh, yeah, it's definitely happening. The younger one who was always fucked up. Hmm. And I was like, what the hell? And I told Dave Parker about it. And he was like, I was thinking about them the other day because one of their guys was a fucking asshole to Michael Hutchins from In Excess, who were covering this season. And yeah. I was like, uh, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised because hearing about their two stories, they both sound like unpleasant people to be around. <laughs> and he went off into this whole story, found an article about it. So now I think we should cover that for a mini episode because we're covering Michael Hutchins later. But they basically... Like Oasis was a new up and coming British band, and In Excess had been super successful in the 80s. And they basically were like, fuck you guys, you're old and you suck. And started some shit for no reason with like a guy who's really talented. And then he died like the next year. Ugh. Well, anyways, uh, today Sorry. Sorry, I. Alex. Well, it's okay. It's yeah. fine. So today I found one about uh, the song Layla, which I think you guys are both familiar with by Derek and the Dominoes, a.k.a. Eric Clapton. Yeah, I can hear it in my head. Layla! Oh, wait, that's not what I'm thinking of. Which one am I thinking of? What the fuck? All right, I'm going to play it real fast for you. Everybody knows this song. This okay. is the song we're talking about I didn't about know today. the title of it. Go listen to Layla by <laughs> Derek and the Dominoes. Like, Layla! You got me on my knees! Uh, yeah, so that's the song we're talking about today, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. Go listen to the full song. Yeah, it's a classic, and it's got a really interesting story behind it with a lot of familiar characters that we've discussed before. Let's just get into it. Let's make it... Let's do this episode quicker than the song takes to play. Okay, well, And then first, the other 15 minutes, instead of being bullshit, it'll just be them listening to the song on their own time. Can I bullshit for a minute, though? Because I thought... That song was another one, but I need to see if this is the one I was thinking of because it's going to bother me if I don't. Because okay. I can hear something else playing in my head when that was playing and it was... Okay, sure. Yeah, you can bullshit. Um, I think it's an Almond Brothers song. Almond? Almond. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're actually cousins of the Peanut Brothers. I think it's an Almond Brothers song. Um, but it's Melissa, which is another girl's name. Oh, yeah, that is Almond Brothers. But, well, I, I, can, only, I can only hear the guitar parts in my mind. I cannot hear what... That's not it. You're thinking of Jessica. What's Jessica? Who's that by? Almond Brothers. <laughs> it's Hold a song on. they play at the beginning of uh, Top Gear, or they used to. This one? Skeptical. Wait. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! That one, okay. You itched my scratch, thank you. That's what okay. I was thinking of, was but it's just all them. female names. We should do a playlist of just all the classic rock songs that bitches. have. Yeah, I'll call it that, and call it'll it just gaggle be. Call bitches. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I yeah, like let's that. do it. Yeah. First off, we should tell them that we are Death by Music Podcast. Yes. I'm Jake. And then we have Cassie and Alex. Yes. We are all here. And this is a. Episode. Mini episode. Oh. We got to remind them. We saved the meat <laughs> and potatoes for the full episodes. Jake, I feel like it's your turn. I feel like I read last time. You did read last week. I can read it what? if you'd like. Oh, you did the Oasis one? Yes. All right. Well, so Jake's out. Jake's not going to read it. Uh, oh, so I'm done. I can leave? 
Yeah. All so right. yeah. we right. just have to decide who's going to read it now. Uh, I literally just said I could, but you if you what? want to, you do know it? what? I can, I can read it. I'll, I'll read it. How about like, it? go the fuck ahead? <laughs> <laughs> no, you read it. I was just kidding. Okay. I was just trying to make you feel self-conscious by I, by choosing anybody but you. Good luck. And I was the only other option in the room. I have seen <laughs> and been through a lot. Oh my god. Yes. So this is called "How Love, Chaos, Ego, and Drug Abuse Fueled an Eric Clapton Classic." This is a loudersound.com article by Hugh Fielder. Uh, was Dwayne Allman the catalyst for Derek and the Dominoes as Layla, or did his out of tune, quote, playing spoil it? Uh, was the piano outro nicked from another song? Great question. So Eric Clapton said, I'm incredibly proud of that song to have ownership of something that is powerful is something I'll never be able to get used to. He said of Layla in 1988. Quote, it still knocks me out when I'm playing it, which would be very scary if he is this old and still getting knocked out. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most recognizable rock songs, Layla begins with a seven note riff of awesome expectancy, followed by an intense, intoxicating cry of unrequited love. Quote, what? What'll you do? What'll you do? (laughs) What'll you do when things get lonely? (laughs) Now read it in English. Um, What'll you do when things get lonely? It was directed at Patty Harrison wife of george harrison of the beatles mm-hmm. clapton was trying to lure her away from her husband with whom he was good mates which is fucked up <laughs> that wasn't wildly known when the song appeared in 1970 on the Derek and the dominoes album layla and other assorted love songs but it was certainly obvious to all concerned so i think they mention it later on in this article potentially but uh clapton was trying to do because he was in cream right so he, then he was trying <laughs> to do some <laughs> he wanted to <laughs> release music without his name being behind it like without it being like eric clapton because he wanted it to stand alone for sure. being awesome for what it was so mm. he came up with derek and the dominoes and did like an alias but i think it might mention that so if so i'll cut either my description out or or the, theirs so layla was inspired by a book clapton had been reading the story of layla and man Magin, Maginun? Mm. Mm-hmm. the 12, 12th century tale of an Ara- Arabian princess whose father marries her off, leaving her true love in despair that turns into madness. Most of the songs Clapton wrote for the Layla album were co-written with Bobby Whitlock, an American record player. Keyboard. Keyboard. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's what most of the songs Clapton wrote for the Layla album were co-written with Bobby Whitlock, an American keyboard player who'd recently quit Delaney and Bonnie, a band that Clapton had befriended and toured with. But Layla is credited to Clapton and Domino's drummer Jim Gordon, who came up with the lengthy piano coda. Whitlock remembers that Clapton already had Layla when they started writing together. He wrote that song by himself at home, he was quoted saying. The opening riff was also there, taken from Albert King's As the Years Go Passing By, but the song was much slower than it had finally appeared. Quote, Eric took that song to Miami with him. We'd gone through it before, says Whitlock. Eric brought the seven-note lick with him to the recording sessions, and then Dwayne stirred him up. Dwayne Allman, guitarist with the Allman Brothers. Cousins to the Peanut Brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was introduced to Clapton by producer Tom Dowd soon after sessions began on the Layla album at Criteria Studios in Miami. According to Dowd, the sessions had been sluggish before to, or before he took Clapton to an Allman Brothers concert. You know, that's interesting that you thought this song was an Allman Brothers song, because... When you said that, and I you, like, I thought you were thinking of that riff and then heard the other riff in your head. And it's like, you know, they do sound like they could be the same band. 
No, I don't. I don't know. I guess it also to deal with the fact that it is a woman's name, I think that probably didn't help. But Mm-mm. a lot of the songs written back then didn't really have anything to do with the song title, so that doesn't help either. Even though this one says Layla about well, seven hundred times, Jessica doesn't have any lyrics. That's why I couldn't hear them when I was trying to think. Yeah, of, exactly. I was like, I can't. And you can't go to Google with. It might work. I don't know. Afterwards, Clapton invited the band back to the studio where they jammed for the next 18 hours. Cocaine. Cocaine. He did. He did. Yeah. He did. Okay. that same session. No. No, no. That's just. We just know that. That's just a fact. Clapton wrote the song Cocaine. And that's a fact. What were you going to say? That was it. That's it. That's oh. how they stayed up for 18 fucking hours. True. That was the inspiration. <laughs> Within days, Dwayne Allman was playing at the album sessions, transforming the atmosphere as he and Clapton brought the best out of each other. Layla was recorded towards the end of the album sessions, and Whitlock says the album was recorded pretty much in the order you'd hear it. It wasn't like, we'll do this one first, and then this one, and then we'll leave Layla for last, he explains. It just happened naturally. Nevertheless, the fact that Layla gave the record its title and it's the climax to the the double album suggests that Clapton regarded it as a special song even before Allman added his master stroke. This is a very suggestive sentence. What Allman did was change the song's dynamic by speeding up the opening riff. Some people even maintain that it was Allman who introduced the opening riff into the song, although Whitlock disagrees. He said there had to be some kind of telepathy going on because I've never seen spontaneous inspiration happen at that rate and level one of them would play something and the other would react instantaneously not once did either of them have to say could you play that again please it was like two hands in a glove whitlock's appreciation of almonds playing with Derek and the dominoes is more measured while he credits them with some inspirational performances the majesty of those opening chords on little wings is all Dwayne for sure he says he has a problem with some of his other contributions Layla would have been just as great without Dwayne on it, he says. In many ways, it would have been better. Both the slide parts he put into the coda are out of tune. If Eric had been playing them, it would have been different. Can't they easily like fix that? I guess not in 1970, whatever the fuck. Maybe they'll do a remastered version and it'll take all those parts out. <laughs> Can you imagine how pissed they'd be? Why would he let him? He was sitting right there. There's no way he would know. know. He's like, why don't we just try it without these parts and then we can do it again? <laughs> uh, such remarks are heresy to the Almond fan club. Oh, wow. They're taking it way too far. There are reports of an unreleased outtake of Layla that was abandoned because of tuning issues. Jim Gordon's piano coda added three weeks after the song had been recorded further irritates Whitlock. He said it taints the integrity. Hmm. It has nothing to do with the rest of the song. It just sounds a mess. It's like a guitar wars. <laughs> Clever. You've got three or four guitars and everybody's going all over the place. It's jazz, baby. <laughs> Whitlock also claims that Gordon stole the piano part from Rita Coolidge, his then girlfriend. Oh. It certainly sounds similar to the Coolidge pinned Time released by Booker T and Rita's sister Priscilla in 1973. The piano coda was not on the version of Layla released as a single in the U.S. in 1971. There we go. <laughs> which reached number 51 there. When the full seven-minute version came out the following year, it made number seven in the U.K. and number 10 in the U.S., by which time Derek and the Dominoes had broken up by drug-fueled pa- paranoia and okay. Clapton was sinking into a full-blown heroin addiction. Oh! In fact, the recording of the album had been characterized by a conspicuous drug consumption. Quote, we didn't have... Little bits of anything, says Whitlock. There were no grams around. Let's put it like that. So while Layla has since become the ritual climax to a Clapton concert, it was played live by Derek and the Dominoes only a couple of times when Almond guessed with the band. They didn't go super deep into the story between Eric Clapton and uh, George Harrison. So this is from 
Colin Newbie at WMGK.com. Let's see. Patty Boy, the ex-wife of George Harrison and Eric Clapton, interviewed with Telegraph Magazine after the release of her new book, My Life in Pictures. She's a model photographer and one of the most iconic muses of the 20th century. However, many classic rock fans will only ever remember or or associate her with her bizarre, topsy-turvy relationships with two of the greatest rock stars of her generation. She's the inspiration for Harrison's single Something and two of Clapton's most recognizable hits, Layla and Wonderful Tonight. Boyd married George Harrison in 1966 while Beatlemania continued to sweep the music world off its feet. However, she suffered through incredible insecurity that ultimately ended her marriage with the Beatles guitarist in 1977. Quote, I felt I had to leave George because things were getting really out of hand. George was just being a different George. We had gone in different directions, basically. But we still loved each other. It's just that I think he wanted to spread his wings and take advantage of being the handsome, famous, rich guy that he was and see how the girls feel about him. Eric Clapton was Harrison's closest friend, but he had actively pursued Patty Boyd romantically while she was married to Harrison. He wrote Layla in 1970 with Derek and the Dominoes about his painful desire for the famous model. And in an unusual twist of events, Clapton married Boyd in 1979. Uh, They ultimately split with his drug abuse issues in 1989, but Clapton and Harrison remained close until Harrison passed away in 2001. He actually... Played at the wedding of his ex-wife and Eric Clapton. Like, he performed. I guess if hmm. you know that your best friend can treat your ex-wife better than you can, yeah, why not? Yeah, such a weird situation to be it in. It is weird. But, yeah, so that is the story of Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. And we'll make the, what is it called? The Gaggle of Bitches playlist? Sure. Yeah, if you have any suggestions for the Gaggle of Bitches playlist, throw them up on our Facebook page. Search for Death by Music Podcast fans on Facebook and let us know. All right. Well, that's probably enough for today. Thanks for listening and rest in peace. Bye-bye. Later. Death by Music podcast is written and produced by Victoria Motler, Alex Motler, Cassie Gardner, and Jake.